incredible day. It's an incredible day in Holy Week. Man. Took me a little while to get on here today because I really wanted to make sure I didn't miss a point so that we can get a complete understanding of what our Jesus went through for us. Please do me a favor and share. Everybody should know about this day. If they don't know nothing else, they should know about this day. Liana, welcome. Kimberly, Andrea, Ren, good morning. Oh my God. words that are ringing in my head is Lord I tip my hat to you for all you do Lord I tip my hat to you for all you do Oh Lord Lord I tip my hat to you for all that you do thank you Jesus Lord I recall times Lord Jesus when I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought, I felt like my life had ended. That my last breath had been taken. But you, <laughs> you remembered me years ago. For the days of today. You give me strength to wake up. You give me strength. It's been hard, yes, God. But it was you who allowed us to make it this far. On our roughest times, our roughest times, our roughest times, Jesus, you brought us through. <laughs> it was you. 
It was you. It was you, God. Lord, it was you. You. It was you. Has anybody been there? Anybody been there? Didn't know what you were going to do. Felt like your heart was just ripped out of your chest. But it was you, God. <laughs> it was you. It was you. So grateful. moment to reflect and think back over your life think about how good God has been on top of what he's already done have you just thought about it this is your time <laughs> thank you Jesus You God, you God, you God, you Jesus, you Jesus, you Jesus, nobody like you Jesus, you Jesus, you God, you God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Can you do me a favor? It doesn't matter where you are. Can you just take one of your hands and just wave it to God? And surrenderance. I'm saying, thank you for Jesus. Thank you. minutes. I'm going to give you time to spend with Jesus. Just you. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to come back. This is your moment to take your focus off of me and anything else that's around you. And just thank God for all that he has done for you. I'll see you in a minute.
I've been up all morning, really in God's face. Because I really wanted to make sure that on today that I hear even more precise than before. Took a lot of notes. We've been studying all week. Jesus's last week. We talked about the party that they had. The lady that washed his feet. Their hair. We talked about Jesus riding in on a donkey in Jerusalem. And all the people were so glad to see him. They were throwing their clothes and palms out in the road. And he rode in on the peace symbol, the donkey. Jesus did. We talked about how things got worse. You know, he was so happy that moment. Finally, people are realizing and appreciating what I have done. People are writing me this morning. <laughs> I see you guys. Then he had to start dealing with the Pharisees, disrespectful talk, trying to challenge him. He had to deal with that. He had to go to the temple to see that it's been disrespected, money changing going on in there. The idea of the temple was totally being disrespected. He had to deal with that. This is our Jesus. He had to deal with Judas planning to portray him one day and portrayed him another day. He had to deal with it. He had to watch someone that he truly loved, Simon Peter, get stuck in the face of fear and deny him three times. He had to see it. Jesus had to deal with a lot after a week that started off so great. It's bad enough that he knew that there was a challenge that was going to occur on this day. To have to deal with all of that. And remember, Jesus was a family man. He had a mother. He had a father that cared. He had to say goodbye to those he had spent some days with here, walking around and teaching them. There was a lot that Jesus had to deal with. His journey turned treacherous. His journey came painful. Those final hours leading up to his death weren't easy. Judas, after he betrayed him, felt bad and went and hung himself. Remember the scripture said, woe to the one who betrayed me. Judas stepped in a time of prophecy. Some people say that Judas was born to do what he did. 
I disagree. I think Judas was born correctly. And that prophecy knew that it was going to take place. And Judas made a conscious decision. That prophecy says, I know that this is going to happen. It does not say that I'm going to create you to be doomed. No. Jesus already knew what Judas was going to do. And so therefore it was placed in prophecy. He knew that his choice was going to be what it was. They would never create us to fail. The failure came in his decision. God already knew. And he is not a God that forces us to do anything. He, he allows us to repent. He allows us to make a decision to walk away from sin. He knows what our decision is going to be before we do it. And he knew that it was going to be a man named Judas Iscariot. He was going to turn him in. You know, and this is the day that he was crucified, by the way. This is when it all went down. And I've seen movies. And I've seen talk. I've seen many messages of people that talk about the crucifixion. But I wanted to understand it more from a medical perspective today. That's it. I wanted to be able to break down the act of what God did for us so simple that it would birth upon a deeper understanding so that we could appreciate more for what he's done for us. And I asked God, I said, Lord, as I talk to your people, allow me to do it in a way where it's not watered down, but it is in truth so that they'll know and understand why it's so deeply important to live for you, to, to fall down and fall into repentance for you. It's important for them to know that if they understand the depthness of your act when you came, it wasn't just you just came home, bled, died on the cross, and got up on the third day. It was more than that. It was a lot more than that. And I think sometimes we take that for granted because we've heard it so many times. So what I've done is I've, I've broken down the final hours, hoping that I could get and give you a deeper understanding as well as myself, Lord, speak to me. In the final hours, Let's just do the timeline first. At 6 a.m., this was when Jesus stood trial before Pilate. And I'm not going to read the scriptures, but I can tell you where they are for the sake of time. Coming from Matthew 27, Luke 23, and John 18. It was 6 in the morning. After already having a hard day the day before and the hard day a day before. Jesus... Uh, had to stand trial before Pilate. And then you all know the story. He's passed on to Herod from there. At 7 o'clock, Jesus is returned to Pilate. You'll find that in Luke 23. He's returned to him. And at this time, Jesus is sentenced to death. Now, Think of it as today. Think of it as being your child, your father or your mother, totally innocent. And being sentenced to death, something that they did not do. How would your heart feel? Jesus felt that agony, that disturbance completely. 
because it was he who was being sentenced to death. He knew already that he had to go, but being in the act of it is so different. So on this day, the people that Jesus loved so much, the people that he uh, created, the reason for being here was totally disregarded and disrespected. His works weren't being honored the way that they should have. And his creation sentenced him to death. How do you think Jesus was felt at 8 o'clock when he was led away to Calvary? Everything was happened so quickly. At nine o'clock, the third hour is when the crucifixion took place. So from six to nine, Jesus had to make up in his mind, <laughs> psyching himself out. I know that this was coming. Now I got to deal with it. Now I'm really in it. I feel the pain. I feel the emotions. I feel the hatred that's around me. And I feel my mother crying. I feel my disciples unsure. How did Jesus feel? Can you imagine? I hear mothers and fathers today complaining about ever after all that I've done for my children. After all that I've done. After so many meals that I've missed. After so much money I've sacrificed and time I've sacrificed. They still disrespect and treat me like I owe them something. How do you think Jesus, the Son of God, felt? What does crucifixion mean? Crucifixion is the execution of a person by nailing or binding them to a cross. The killing of Jesus Christ's crucifixion, first dealing from the uh, medical sense, just knowing that the crucifixion was coming, there had to be a psychic and a spiritual suffering. Before anything started, there was a psychic and spiritual suffering that was taking place. He took on what we cannot even fathom. Man could have died of stress. <laughs> we wouldn't have made it that far. The height and the depth of his pain was extraordinary. But Jesus did that for us. The art of crucifixion started with the Persians. And the Persians passed it on to the Carthaginians. Carthaginians and from there, the Romans took the practice. They took the practice because in their minds, they felt it was effective. It brought upon the most agony. In the crucifixion, they would build the cross in a tau shape. It's like a T-shape. Can you imagine Jesus just looking at that thing? The cross being, being pushed into the notch that had already been cut and prepared for him. Just looking at it. Knowing that it was for him, man. many of us can't even look into the barrel of a shotgun knowing that it's for us. We'll get weak at the knees and probably pee on ourselves. Jesus had to face 
knowing what was for him. There are many Renaissance paintings and medieval paintings that depict pictures of Jesus carrying his cross. Many wonder if the story is true. It's not by coincidence that so many painters, so many archaeological studies show exactly what the Bible says. Unless there was a wave of understanding that flew across the nation. Telling the story like there was, no. It's been studied. There's been many uh, Roman historical accounts and experimental works that was practiced on that part of crucifixion, on that way of crucifixion. They wanted to make sure that it was done effectively, that it was hurting, that it was, it was, it was daunting, that it was killing, that it was the worst form of punishment. They practiced that. That was their capital punishment. It was studied to be as bad as it really was. Jesus had to face that. The ones he created. Created a form of punishment to take him out. That was considered the worst form possible. You'll hear many stories showing that the, that the nails were placed in the palms of their hands. And studies have shown that that was incorrect because if the nails were placed in the palm of the hand, which was normally between uh, particular fingers, during the pulling and the weight of the crucifixion, it would tear through the skin. It would be ineffective. The misconception probably came from the book where Jesus was talking to Thomas and he said, observe my hands. But back in those days, the hand and the wrist were all called hands. And the nails were placed through the wrist. And I studied to find out, I wanted to know exactly in the wrist was it placed. And it was placed right in the middle of this bone. Because the weight would hold on a little bit longer. Why? They wanted the people on the bottom of the keel, those who were looking up at him, to watch him suffer. They didn't want the men to die who were crucified right away. They didn't want Jesus to die. They wanted people to see him suffer. I want you, I want to see you go down. This one who claims to be king of the Jews, I want to see you suffer. I want to see the agony in your face. I want to see you die. How do you think Jesus felt? And then there was a small sign that was nailed to the cross, extended above the head. The Bible says during that time that Jesus began to sweat blood. He began to sweat blood. And many people tried to study that and say, figure out how in the world can man sweat blood? Well, guess what? It is proven to be so. You could stress so hard that you could sweat blood. Jesus was no doubt stressed about what was about to take place. He could have got up and left. <laughs> he could have gotten up and just went on, but he didn't. There's a there's an illness called hematidrosis. And that's when tiny capillaries in the sweat glands break. Causing blood to mix in your sweat. Jesus was stressing so hard, so extraneous. It was so 
There's not a word to explain it. He was that stressed out that the, the tiny capillaries in his sweat glands broke. causing blood to mix and he sweat blood because he loved us. He could have got up, guys. He could have left. He could have wiped out the nation. But the stress was beyond any fear that we've ever imagined. Any tragic time. Think of the worst tragic time in your life and you couldn't compare to what Jesus was feeling. When this process occurs, it's a sure sign of weakness and shock. Our Jesus was in a state of shock. When that process occurs, a person is in the deepest or the most highest sense of shock. Our Jesus was falling into a weak place by choice because he loved us but was now entering into a place of shock. This is happening to me after all I've done. After the arrest in the middle of the night, Jesus was next brought before the Sahedrin and the high priest. It is here that he first experienced his physical trauma and affliction. This is where a soldier struck Jesus across the face for remaining silent when he was asked a question. They slapped Jesus across his face. Are you hearing God? They slapped the man that created them across the face. Slapping in that time was the most intimidating form of disrespect on the planet. And a soldier had the audacity to slap him. How many of you will take a slap? And Jesus still didn't come, come down. Then the palace guards came and they put a blindfold on him and started mocking him and taunting him. They even spit on him and punched him in the face. That's all word. They spit on the very one that is coming to die for us, that has pulled us out of our sick places, that have been our will in the middle of the will, who have been our beginning, the end, and the forever. They spit. on him in the hands of Herod Jesus experienced no physical attack or mistreatment but when he was returned to Pilate it was the cries of the people that were around let Barabbas go bad choice of man Jesus had to deal with that they're allowing Barabbas to go to kill me. They wouldn't even breathe life if it had not been for me. Their hearts wouldn't even beat if it had not been for me. And in Jesus having to watch this go on, the scourging act begins. They began to prepare him, carried him out of prison, stripped him of his clothes, tied his hands above his head. We're talking about God. During that time, it was common. To slash the one being crucified 
40 lashes or more. God's creation was planning to beat our Jesus down by scourging. They used what they called a flagellum, which was, and I showed you guys that probably last year. It's a short whip that has these metal balls attached to the end. And they used this heavy whip to pull down force on the back, bam, the shoulders, bam, and the legs. They put Jesus in a highly submissive position to whip him. Think about this. At first, it would only cut the skin. I dug into this this morning. At first, it only cut skin. But as the blows got worse, the cuts got deeper, and it would get into the tissue, causing the oozing of blood from the capillaries and the veins of the skin, and finally the arterial bleeding from blessings and the underlying muscles occurred, and God still did not get down. It was down to the meat. On this day, on Friday, God did this for us. Those small balls in their weapon, it didn't do superficial bruises. There were deep bruises. And with each of these slashes, with each of these bruises comes more pain. Some of you may have experienced broken bones, bursted intestines. That pain does not even measure up close to what Jesus had to go through. They would beat Jesus until the act, this act of crucifixion, I've studied it. They would beat until there were strips of skin like ribbons hanging on the entire part of the body that they intended to tear apart. They would not stop until it looked like torn flesh. Ouch. It wasn't until the one that was put in charge, who was called the centurion, centurion, who would say stop. And he would not stop until he recognized for what he knew that my prisoner is almost dead. They did this for Jesus. Oh, God. Jesus had to deal with his mother watching this. Those he had already went around with and was showing them how great he was, they were watching this. He had to be concerned about what they were feeling. Please don't turn on me like the rest. Finally, after Centurion says, okay, he's almost dead. I see his skins that are like ribbon from his back. I see the blood dripping. I see his arteries torn. I see the bruising on him. Jesus was big until he was unrecognizable. These pictures that we see are pretty pictures. What Mary had to look at, what Joseph had to look at, or whoever was around had to look at. That was not, he did not depict what they were used to seeing. Jesus was torn up. His back ripped apart. His legs ripped apart. His shoulders, skin, blood, meat. Hoping I'm helping you understand. At this time, according to the medical doctors, there's just no way Jesus would have to be half fainting by then. At that point, he was untied. Read your Bible. He was allowed to slump to the stone pavement, dripped in his, fallen into his own blood. 
Nobody showed compassion. Nobody cared. As far as he knew, he couldn't see them. They did this to our Jesus. And then the Roman soldiers standing around making joke of it. Ho, ho, ho. Then they throw a robe across his shoulders and place a stick in his hand for a scepter. Then they get the crown of thorns. I'm putting this on my head now. These things stick. They're like needles. Force that into their skin. I've even placed this on my head to imagine the pain, to try to feel what he felt. I can't even get it. The minute it starts sticking me like a safety pin, I'm done. This was placed and gouged into his scalp. Again, which caused more bleeding. Especially being that the, the scalp is the most vascular area of the body. There was a lot of bleeding going on. Do you think the bleeding stopped them? No, they mocked him even more. They were striking him across his face even more. Read your Bible. Then it tells us that a, a soldier, even after all of that, takes a stick and strikes him across his head. to drive them thorns in his scalp even deeper. Jesus, and all, even all of, all of that, tried to stand up straight and erect as they forced him to deal with that wooden beam. He stumbles, he falls. The wood pressing against his shoulders and back pain. Jesus tries to stand up. His muscles have been pushed past the endurance. We're done. We can't even go walk 10 miles around the lake without getting wishy feet. Jesus had to still keep going. They made him carry that cross 650 yards to die. You're going to carry this wood 650 yards after your skin is hanging, you're bruised, you're beaten. You're going to carry this cross 650 yards at 110 pounds. They offered Jesus something to drink. He refuses it. Simon is ordered to place a pendulum on the ground and Jesus quickly thrown backwards and his shoulders against the wood. Now they're going to nail him to that cross. Even after all that. Seemed like the cross would have been good enough. They wanted to see God suffer. <laughs> he did that for us. <laughs> Just that alone. He did it for us. So they lay him on there and they drive a heavy square wrought iron nail through his wrist and deep into the wood. <laughs> Quickly they move to the other side and do the same thing with his other wrist. <laughs> then they take his left foot and his right foot and they cross them together. And the nail is driven through the arch of each, leaving the knees moderately flexed for a reason. 
our Jesus on this day, on this Friday. I don't see how anybody cannot acknowledge how great he is. It is at that point where actual crucifixion is given a label. <laughs> and when they placed that cross up there to drop it in that hole, there was no, but oh, gentle, 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 he's already hurt. No, bam! The body jerks and rocks with pain. As Jesus sags down, the pain is excruciating. His fingers up, his arms is, ex is exposed above his brain. The nails are now putting pressure on his medium nerves. Can you imagine? According to the medical study, at this point, the arms are ex extremely tired. There's cramps that will sweep through his muscles, knotting them in a deep, relentless, throbbing pain. And with these cramps comes the inability for the prisoner, our Jesus, to push himself upward. He doesn't even have the strength to ease the pain. On this Friday, they didn't even care enough to give him the opportunity to at least ease his own pain. At this point, when hanging by your arms, your pictorial muscles are paralyzed and the intercostal muscles are now unable to act. When this happens, air can be drawn into the lungs, but they cannot be exhaled. So he can breathe in, but he can't breathe out. They were suffocating our Jesus. They were choking our Jesus. As Jesus fights to raise himself in order to even get short breath. When any prisoner done that, according to medical studies, finally carbon dioxide will build up in the lungs and in the bloodstream and the cramp partially subdue. But there's a spasm that takes place. And if he catch himself in between that spasm, he's able to get out at least an exhale. So if Jesus, being in the flesh, common prisoner, he's trying to get air up there on the cross. While people are looking up there at him, stripped of his clothes, his skin stripped, laughing at him. And he's only trying to show love to his people. <laughs> Who does that? Our Jesus. The Bible talks about there were Roman soldiers throwing dice over God's garments. And this is the beginning of when God, when Jesus begins to speak. The first thing he says after all of that, talking to his father, Lord, forgive them. Lord, forgive them. Don't allow them to have to pay for what they're doing for me. For they know not what they do. Forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. They don't get it, God. That's why I'm here, Lord. I came to die. That's why I'm taking all of this. Father, forgive them. Even after all of that, he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And those who were hanging next to him, they were paying attention to Jesus. 
There was a thief there paying attention. He was close. He could hear Jesus. <laughs> and because of his little faith he had while hanging up there, Jesus said, today thou will be with me in paradise. Yet they're taking you through what they're taking me through. You're not done. When you take your last breath, you're going to meet me. <laughs> he was still doing his earthly ministry work. He was still doing good for people, not only through his mouth, but through his actions. I'm bringing you with me, sir. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm -mm -mm. Then the third thing he said as he was looking down at John, who loved him dearly, <laughs> terrified, grief-stricken, don't know what to do. What can I do, Jesus? I can't even do anything to bring you down. He said to him, still showing compassion, no anger, no anger. He said, behold thy mother. Then looking to his mother, Mary, woman, behold thy son. He was still working. Beat up, destroyed, close to death. And he was still showing compassion. you imagine? I couldn't get it. Most of us will be trying to hurry up and die to get out of that pain. We couldn't take it. I don't think many of us would have even made it up to the cross. But even there, he was talking to the Father. Oh God, bless these people. He was talking to his mother. He was talking to John. He was talking to the thief, still being Jesus. <laughs> no matter what you go through, still be Jesus. Then he says, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? You have to remember, God the Father ain't never been in no flesh. So there's a separation. He done took all of our sin. Even his father had to step back. <laughs> so he was feeling every part of man. So he looked up, God, where are you? Man, you're flesh right now. We've got to do this the right way. We've got to do this the way that we planned. He was all full of sin, of our sin. Let me take the responsibility for them so that they can live on, Father. I can imagine his dad saying, but look at all of what they're doing. Oh, but I know I'm giving my life for them, dad. Let's do this so that they can have an opportunity. I love them just that much. <laughs> Jesus experienced hours of limitless pain, cycles of twisting, joint rending, cramps, he had partial uh, aphasia, searing pain, tissue torn, blood dripped. Still did not get up. Psalms 22 and 14, when you get a chance, read it. It says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint and my heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Goodness gracious alive. In other words, his heart was so compressed that it was struggling to pump 
hubby thick sluggish blood into his tissue god was having a problem and he knew it was going to come his lungs were making a frantic effort to pump air in and out small gaps of air do you get it yet He could have come down, but he didn't. Instead, he says, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Psalm 22 describes it as this. My strength is dried up like a pot sheared, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me to the dust of death. That's how thirsty he was. His tongue was sticking to his jaws. And he did that for us on this day of Holy Week. Because we love. And then they, what they're going to do? They give him a cheap sponge that had a cheap wine on it. It was soaked in Pascha. And our Jesus sucked off a sponge as he hung there waiting to die. Jesus could feel the chill of death creeping in his tissues. And that's when he spoke. He said, it is finished. It's finally done. And then what did he do? He reached toward his father in words. And he says, Father, into your hands. I'm now ready to come back to you, Dad. I've done it. I've completed my course. The people that I love are saved. He says, I commend. I commit my spirit. And at the same time, while he's talking, then you have these soldiers. Normally, they would go around and break the legs of those to help them die fast. When they got to Jesus, it's like, we're not going to do his. And Jesus says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And he did this. For you on this what they call Good Friday I have to say this if you have not given your life to Jesus after all of this that he's done for you if you're still living wrong, making wrong decisions, still lying and cheating and stealing and adultery and fornication and whatever else, gossiping, fighting, and then just running amok. After all this, it's time to get it right, church. I'll see you all on tomorrow. God bless you and reflect on this day. Remember what it is. Remember what God has done for you. God bless you. Share this to the nation. We should have 5,000 views today. This day, everybody should be talking about it on this day. Yes, he completed his destiny. He completed his promise. He completed his reason to be born here. He was born to die. Wow. God bless you guys. I got to go. What? Let's see. If I was to rewrite the song, I would say, from Jesus' point of view, um, you don't know my story 
or the pain that I've been through. You can feel my pain. Everything I went through, so you'd be here. You can understand my praise. Don't try and figure it out. <laughs> because my love, my love for you, it is for real. Because my love, my love for you, it is for real. Because my love, my love. It is for real. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Can't say when I'm crying. I'm just so appreciative of who God is. You guys have a good one. Thank <laughs> you.